Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is Andrew McConnell, all the way from the US. Thanks you so much for joining us, Andrew. Yeah, thanks, John. It's great to be here. Uh, let me tell you all a bit about Andrew. Andrew McConnell is the co-founder and CEO of Rented.com, the first online marketplace that helps real estate investors and second homeowners find, compare, and choose the best professional short-term rental managers. Andrew holds degrees from Harvard College, Harvard Law School and Cambridge University and has worked with some of the world's largest public and private entities as a management consultant. So I know we're going to learn a lot from Andrew today. So grateful to to have him here. Andrew, to get us started, tell us a little bit about Andrew McConnell, the person. So tell us a bit about yourself growing up. uh, What was life like for you as a kid? Influences? Yeah, so I, I grew up predominantly in the south of the U.S. Funnily enough, I spent my first Christmas and New Year's in Australia. My parents wow. were in med school when I was born and did like a three-month stint over in Australia. So I lived uh, in the south in Adelaide for a little bit of time. But after that, mostly lived in the south of the U.S., moved around a bit as my parents tried different careers still in medicine, but working for universities or private practice or different practices. And then my, my first real time to live outside the, the South was to go up to Harvard for college. And then I stayed there for seven years, which was the longest I had lived anywhere for a single stretch of time, uh, which was kind of funny. So I, I ended up with this pretty funny accent that People from the South say, you don't sound like from, you're from the South. And people from the North say, I don't sound like I'm from the North. So <laughs> I don't know exactly where I am from, but uh, ended up marrying an English lady uh, that I met during my time in Cambridge. And that, that probably confused me even more as I, <laughs> I use terminology. And we both do that. We can't remember, is this the English phrase for this or the American phrase? And, and so uh, we've been married for oh, about nine years now and have a 14-month-old daughter. And yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier. I've had a, a great time with being a dad for this first year and balancing that with building a company, which each on their own, I'm sure, is a lot of work. And having both together, it's a ton of work, but it's, it's a lot of really enjoyable, enjoyable work. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So uh, I can imagine, look, that, that life would have been really busy for you, especially studying at places such as Harvard and Cambridge. What, uh, what did you, as you were studying, did you um, know that you weren't definitely going to go follow in your parents' footsteps? Was, it, was that always the case? Uh, what, what was going through your mind while you're studying? What, what did you think you were going to be doing? I, I knew I did not want to go into medicine. Uh, seeing their experience, there were, there were many reasons for it. But one, I, I just really felt that being a practitioner as a, a physician, your potential for impact was incredibly limited. 
you could only address one patient at a time. If you were a researcher or something like that, you could potentially do more, but then you're losing a lot of that human interaction. And so that was something that it, it just never really, really appealed to me. I didn't have any attorneys in my family on either side, my, my parents, uh, either side, no attorneys. And so my, this was a time kind of the dot-com was ending and finance was really getting hot. And uh, my, my dad really wanted me to go into banking. That seemed like what everybody was doing. And that's what people did who left Harvard. You went either to a consulting company or you went to banking. And I had a lot of older friends that went and did it and everyone was miserable. They were working absurd hours, but the job was just boring. They said, you know, mm -hmm. it's the day is going to come that people realize a monkey could do my job. It's just learning <laughs> to do math in a spreadsheet. This is, it's not inspiring work. Yes, we get to make a lot of money, but you never get to enjoy it because you're just working all the time. And so he kept saying, I think you'd really like this. And I said, I, I don't think I would. I've never met anyone who does. Everyone hates their life that does that. Whereas law, I, I ended up studying a lot on race relations and civil rights in college. And that's what I did my, my thesis on in undergrad. And so wanted to go do that kind of work as an attorney. And had the, the opportunity, it was the 50th anniversary of the Brown versus Board of Education suit my first year in law school. And the, got to do a lot of work with that anniversary. One of my professors wrote a book on it and was able to work with him got to do education funding suits, got to do everything I really wanted to do as intern, as an intern over the summers or, or working while I was in school. And what I found was the, the issues that I really enjoyed and, and cared about and wanted to work on, the work day to day was no different than boring issues because the work that the attorneys were actually doing day to day was just not something that inspired me. It was sitting in front of a computer, reading a case, reading a brief, writing a brief, writing a memo. And that wasn't something I really wanted to spend my life on. Uh, and fortunately, McKinsey, the, the consulting firm, recruited on campus in law school. And so I went to an event, probably initially as much because they offered free food as <laughs> anything, and heard about the kind of work they did with governmental entities, with NGOs, with huge companies, you know, Fortune 10 companies, and the kind of impact that they had and then what the people who worked there went and did after that, what they were able to accomplish. So, well, that, that actually sounds really, really interesting. And so I, I did a summer where I split time between McKinsey and a boutique employment and civil rights firm and just really enjoyed my time at McKinsey more. And so went back there and spent four years there working a year in Europe for the world's largest shipping company where I, I could be closer to my wife because she was still in London before we moved to the US. Spent my final year going back and forth in Afghanistan doing economic development work and really was doing the kind of stuff that inspired me and I really enjoyed. But there came a time I, I wanted something more entrepreneurial. And someone I worked with at McKinsey had left to go run the New York office of a, a company called Axie. It was this new concept law firm. It was kind of a consulting model, but for lawyers trying to mess up how the, the legal market worked. And my background is business plus a couple of law degrees. It fit really well. And so I went in to this company and into a new group that they were starting. And in that first year we grew that group from 4 million to over 20 million. And so stayed there for a little over a year until I came up with the idea for what is now rented.com. And you know, that story, I, it really was sitting, having lunch with a couple of family friends. We we're all on vacation. 
and they started talking about this website VRBO and I had never heard of VRBO. So knowing nothing, I said, you both seem pretty excited about this. What is this VBRO? And they said, no, 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 VRBO, vacation rent by owner. It's, it's amazing. We used to work with these companies that charge us a ton of money. Now we get to do it ourselves and keep all the money. Said, wow, that's, that sounds really good. Now you say you're renting a house on the internet. How do you know it's not a teenager renting your house to throw a party? Because when I was in high school, we would always throw parties at whoever's parents were out of town that weekend. <laughs> And yep. would inevitably get in trouble. If you're telling me I could run a stranger's house on the internet, we would always throw parties at the stranger's house on the internet. <laughs> yeah. and I said, well, you know, I have to talk to every single person that tries to rent the house and look up on LinkedIn, how old they are, who these people are. Said, okay, fair enough. But how do you get it clean? Because you live in Boston and your place is in Vermont. You live in Atlanta and your place is in uh, Florida. So, well, I have to hire a local company and pay them each week to do that and go change the sheets and and I have to deal with the emails and the phone calls. And so I just kept asking questions and said, eventually, this doesn't sound quite as easy as just putting something on the internet. And then all of a sudden, you yeah. have money. coming in. It sounds like you put a lot of work into this. I said, oh, yeah, this is kind of what I spend my nights and weekends doing. This is my kind of second job. I said, okay, but you're a cardiologist and you're a dentist with your own practice. Your time's worth like $500 an hour when you bill it out at your first job. Is this really the best way to spend your time? Mm. I said, I guess if you put it that way, it's, it's probably not I said, okay, then I'm, I'm really confused because when you want your oil changed, you go to the mechanic and they change your oil and you pay them because you decide it's not worth your time. Why are you not paying the professionals to do this for you? If you do it in all these other aspects of your life. And I said, well, I just, I thought they charged too much. And I was the one taking all the financial risk and said, okay, but I don't know the space, so I could be wrong here, but if I understand what you're telling me, these people don't have a job without homes like yours. They don't own their own homes. They have to rent other people's homes. And so why wouldn't you just pay them what you think they're worth? Why, why wouldn't you create a market where they had to compete for you so they only got as much as they were worth? And I said, they looked at me perplexed and said, well, obviously, if there was a way to do that, everyone would already be doing that. And everyone sounded like a pretty big market. I just didn't know how big the market itself was. Mm -hmm. So I emailed that afternoon, emailed my now co-founder, Mickey Croft, who had worked in real estate after he played professional baseball for a few years and said, Hey, have you, do you know anything about the short term kind of vacation rental space? Are there any kind of markets that you would have the buy side, these managers all competing against each other to try to manage these homes so that the owner would know what they're getting and they would get the best possible price. He said, on paper, that theoretically sounds like it would work. I don't know anything like this. And so we spent almost a year. We kept researching it. We saw it's a $100, $150 billion market. You had huge companies like Airbnb and HomeAway and Flipkey and Housetrip in there. And they were all doing the same thing as each other. They were all doing this book a night, book a week at a time. And they were all that big because the space was so big. They could have all those companies doing the same thing. And yet every time we had the conversation, anybody we talked to said, wait, that, that thing that you're talking about sounds better. I'd way rather do that than do all this work myself. And mm -hmm. so our wives just you know, said, guys, we love you, but you're not that smart. This, this is a very obvious idea. <laughs> so there must be 20 companies out there doing it. <laughs> right. And you know, we, we had to accept that, yeah, we, we aren't that smart, but we can't find a single other company doing this. And everybody we talk to seems to want it. 
And so eventually after about a year, we were able to convince them to, to let us take a flyer and, and go start what's now rented.com. Yeah, fantastic. That's a fantastic story. And what I really like about that, Andrew, is that uh, what I find with a lot of people that come up with really successful businesses, it's just that. They're just talking to people. It could be something they're frustrated with themselves or in your case, you're talking to some friends and you're like, well, that doesn't sound, you know, that doesn't sound right. There's got to be something better out there. Um, I, I, I'd like to know, uh, renter.com, that's fantastic domain. How did you get it? We just bought it. it. The funny thing, we started the company as vacation futures. Uh, the, the idea was you have futures of oil, you have futures of corn, of pork bellies, but rental rights had no futures market. You couldn't buy rental rights for next year or three years from now. You had to buy today, here's what I'm renting. I said, well, couldn't we create this kind of futures market for vacation rentals? And what we found was we had about four or five hedge fund traders in New York who, as soon as they heard the name, they said, oh, great, it's like a futures market. I totally get it. And the several thousand other people said, I don't understand the name. Are you a timeshare <laughs> company? Are you a scam? It's a terrible name. And it's really, <laughs> and so we said, okay, we need to change the name. Yeah. And the day we decided to change the name, and I have to give credit where credit's due here, my co-founder texted me within an hour. He had walked off to go to lunch or something and said, hey, rented.com is available. And I said, okay, that's great. I, I don't really care. Um, that I'm sure it's going to be too expensive. It's going to be crazy. Because we looked at marketplace.com, which also is not being used. And he wrote the marketplace.com people, and they wanted something like $8 million for marketplace.com. Like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, and so we, we kind of put it on ice and for a month or two came up with 650 different ideas for the name for the domain. So now we own 40 something different websites. We kept buying new websites and designing logos and thinking it through. And everybody in the company just kept saying, I really like that rented.com, you know, relax, it's rented, it's done, it's past tense, we've taken care of it. Think of it from the homeowner's perspective. And so he said, okay, let's go check it out. And it, it was definitely more, I had never paid more than $9.99 or $19.99 for a website. And it was more than that, but it, it wasn't six figures or anything. You know, it was just, we actually went through an Australian broker um, that she, she bought the domain for us. Yeah, great. Pretty straightforward process, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it could it could have cost you. You never you never know with domain names, especially short ones like that. You never know. Right. So that that is that is quite a good price. And that's um, why we used a, a broker too, because we didn't want to flag that we were this company doing it. If you go through a broker, it's just more opaque uh, on who's on each side. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, I'm get so. When did you start with renter.com or vacation futures? How, what year was that that you got started? The original idea came up in 2012 as vacation futures and then really got incorporated in Delaware and everything in 2013, mid 2013. But back then it wasn't really a .com. It was me and my co-founder with cell phones and spreadsheets and using free Gmail, just kind of hustling trying to, to do these deals and drive out to markets. We'd literally hop in the car, drive to the outer banks or drive to Hilton Head and start trying to meet with customers. And it wasn't until September 30th of 2015 that we launched rented.com. That was really the launch of the online marketplace, get that going. 
And so now we're in, I think it's probably over 80 countries now uh, on every continent other than Antarctica. So still waiting for someone to pop something up there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Yeah, so you a, haven't you haven't been around for very long. It hasn't, that's not a long time at all. And you're already in 80 cr- countries, so that's really impressive. Um, what... I mean, what, what do you need to have in place to, to have that kind of growth? And, and you know, it, it, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't all smooth sailing. I would say it's still not smooth sailing. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you look at 70 something billion dollar Uber and every week there's some new crisis going on, right? It doesn't matter how big or how fast you're growing or anything. I, I think there's no such thing as smooth sailing if you're trying to be a growth company, but you know, part of it, it, there's being in these countries or growth, and then there's growth that makes sense or density. And even though we have homeowners or managers in these different locations, it's, it's not dense, right? Like U.S. is still the biggest focus. And that's where our team is. That's the language we speak. Those are the time zones we're in. That's really where we focus our attention today. It is a big global market. And we'd love to serve those people more. But we're a relatively small team. We're 13 people. And it's, it's difficult to hop on the phone with the owner who just listened Baku, Azerbaijan, and try to answer any questions they may have and talk them through the process. Um, so on, it, it's, it's a little different. The, the way we've been able to do it has honestly not been intentional. If it was up to us, I'd rather be much more focused only in the few markets where I have a bunch of managers and I have a bunch of owners. And every single time, I can ensure those people are having a great experience. The, the tough thing with being a website, being an online business is anybody in the world can find you. And when you're literally the only company in the world that provides a service that these people want, if they look something up, they say, oh, okay, yeah, this must be the company that can do that for me. Because globally, there's no other company that connects managers with the homeowners. And these homeowners who initially said, Airbnb is great, I can go make this money, or VRBO is great, I can go make this money. After doing it for a year or two, they say, oh, I'm exhausted. This is so much work. I, I don't get to play golf. I don't get to see my kids. I don't get to see my wife anymore. This is what I'm doing. Let me, let me see if there's some help out there. But it's really hard to find the right company. I mean, each market, if you're in a pretty busy market like Brisbane, I would imagine, um, Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast, they're, they're 30 to 50 managers in each of those markets. In Orlando alone, in the U.S., they're over 500. So how do you pick the right one? How do you know who's the right manager? And so what we did was we created a standard contract and create this competitive marketplace. So within seven days, you know, hey, here's the best manager. Here's the best deal for me. I know how they're taking care of my home. And it's something people around the world want. It's just, we, we have a long way to go before we can consistently provide that to everybody that comes through. Yeah, yeah. Can you share with us, Andrew, some of the success stories that you've had with clients so far? Yeah, it's pretty different. I mean, we have, I think, the, the different owners that come through, their retired couple, right? That their retirement, I think they moved to Florida from New York or somewhere in the Northeast. And they said, okay, here's our retirement plan. We're going to invest in this property. And I think it was a triplex and they were going to be able to rent it out. And they found they were working as hard as when they were working full time. And, and so they found us and they, they got a deal. It was guaranteed. It was as much or more than they were making before. 
And at the end, they said, thank you. You gave us our true retirement. We thought we were retired, but until today, we weren't. We were working full time. Mm. And now we actually can step back and do what we want. Or on the opposite end, we had a relatively young guy who had heard about Airbnb, seemed like a good thing. He was a professional poker player. And he, this was how he invested his money. He said, oh, I'm going to go buy this place in Denver. It's a, a hot urban market. It seems good for Airbnb and I'll manage it. And what he found was he was not able to get to as many tournaments and stuff. This was actually more work than he thought it was going to be. And again, going through us, making slightly more, I believe, than he was making before. He got guaranteed money. He was getting it each month. He said, great. You know, people think that I'm incredibly risk seeking because I'm a professional poker player, but that's the risky part of my life. I want this to not have risk, right? I'd much rather go through and have a steady income check that I know I'm going to get each month so that I can go to these tournaments and, and kind of and gamble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have people that increasingly start working with us even earlier. It's not after they've done it for a long time and they say, I'm tired. People are starting to come to us before they buy the home. They say, hey, I hear this is a great place to invest. Can you help me find a good home to invest in that I can then sign up and, and find a manager through you? And so we've done deals. We've gotten people six-figure annual deals before they've even purchased the home. They've already right. signed the contract to sell the future rental rates before they actually have closed on the home. Um, and so you know, it's, it, it's all different people across that spectrum. Mm. So do you find then that with what you initially envisioned to what you're doing today is changed? Like that example you just gave. So you're helping people to buy properties now. Is that going to be part of the business model? Whereas you might not have considered that at the beginning. We maybe surprisingly, we thought about quite a lot from the beginning. I mean, there, there are certain business lines that we're doing right now that I pulled up an old presentation from 2013 that we had and it had all those different business lines in there. And we Mm -hmm. said, kind of, here's the sequence of how we're going to go after these different things and why. And so even the, that before they purchase, we had talked about the data that we had and how much these things can earn and, and could we help with banks and lining up mortgages for these people. And that was part of always the intent is how do we move earlier and earlier in the process and de-risk this for people? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, in some ways it, it's been surprising how it's grown and in other ways it you just wish it was going a lot faster, right? Like you always want to go faster. Yeah. Yeah. What's tell us, uh, Andrew, what's some of the mistakes one of, or maybe some of the mistakes that you've made along the way that you've really learned from? I, I really think the biggest is, overbuilding at times you know when we first started this my co-founder and i we didn't have much of a technical background and so i poured in a lot of my savings and we ended up bringing in a quote co-founder at the time who left and took a big chunk of equity and never did anything because we didn't understand the coding and everything Um, but we thought we needed this incredibly robust website and people were going to do these huge six figure transactions where their payments were happening on our website. So we needed to be as secure as chase or bank of America. And we needed the full auction and, and all these things. And we spent a ton of money building it and that never got in front of a customer, literally not one customer that I get in front of what we found was a lot of the things that people wanted, we could do manually. 
And it was a friend of ours who had sold his company for 40 something million dollars to Zillow, told us one day, he said, guys, you don't have a tech company yet. You don't know if anybody wants what you're selling, right? Sure, people say that, but has anybody paid you for it yet? He said, no, not yet. He said, oh, well, you don't know if people are gonna pay. You need to go find that out. And then even if you know that people will pay, you don't know if you need technology or what technology you need to then go scale that. So that's how we ended up with just cell phones and spreadsheets saying, okay, well, that's great because we have no technical capabilities. We have no technology. This is actually really liberating. And so I, I could have saved a lot of money. Personally, I would have more money in the bank now uh, if we had taken that more lean startup approach that I think people were encouraging us to do earlier and we just didn't listen. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that because I find that that's a common mistake that when I, when I ask people that have successful businesses, it's a very common one. And I know I've made it. I'm sure many people have made it. So that's really, really good advice. I really appreciate Andrew, the time you, you shared with us today and everything you shared with us with some really great insights. Is there any final thoughts that you had for those that are listening or watching today? One thing that's been striking me a lot recently that I would put out there is the importance of co-founders and, and being able to work with someone else. Um, it's not just my co-founder and I are in, in different locations geographically now. And it's not just in the hard times to have someone that kind of balances you out, but it's also when you have those wins. I mean, I'm in the office and all the other employees are here, but he'll have some big win and he'll immediately call me and it's like, I, I really wish I was in the office. I'd love to be celebrating this with other people right now. And I have friends that have started companies and, and been grinding for a long time. And without that co-founder or co-founders buying in as much as you, it's just very difficult to get things going. No one's gonna care about it as much as the founders and make sure that things get done. And if you're the only one, it's just, there's only so much of you to go around. If you can kind of double that, triple that, then I, th I think you get uh, some huge benefits. So I, I would encourage that very early on, true, true co-founders, bring people in. I mean, it literally was within three or four hours when I had the ideas, when I emailed my now co-founder. And so we, grew this thing up together from literally day one. Mm, yeah, great advice. Uh, again, thank you so very much, Andrew. So we've been speaking today. We've had Andrew McConnell, uh, the co-founder of Rented.com. Uh, thank you so much for your insights. I, I've, I know everyone that's listening today would have gotten a lot out of it. Uh, so we've already mentioned the website several times, Rented.com. So, and that's the best place. So if someone wants to connect with you, Andrew, that's the best place to go as well, is it? That is. In Twitter, I'm at M.A. McConnell, or the, the company is at Rented.com on Twitter, if you want to follow there. Okay, fantastic. So again, thank you so very much, Andrew. And I want to thank everyone for being here today and listening to our interview. Great. Thanks, John. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's podcast episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm doing more of these valuable interviews. Also, share it with your friends. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so anytime through my website, johnlegadakis.com. There's also a lot of great free resources there to help you to get more traffic and leads for your business. This is John Legadakis signing off. I'll see you all next time.